Welcome to the Dr. Me First podcast with me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Erin Wiseman. You ready to take some time to doctor yourself first? Well, you're in the right place because this is a podcast all about taking care of ourselves as female physicians. I'm your super sassy host, Dr. Erin Wiseman, and I'm helping female physicians move from a life of burnout, brokenness, and despair to one that is joy-filled, sustainable, and they absolutely love. So are you ready for some encouragement, some inspiration, a little sprinkling of hope and joy and some fun in your life? I hope so, because this episode has all of those components in it and so much more. I'm speaking today with Dr. Sunny Smith and her word, well, you'll find out in this episode, we actually never get to it, but it's still an amazing episode. We talk instead about life coaching, what it means to her, how she found it, and why we both think everyone should have a life coach. So listen to the conversation and make sure you stick around afterwards for a really fun kick of encouragement. Here we go. Welcome to Dr. Me First, Dr. Sunny Smith. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me on. Tell our guests here all about your fabulous self. Okay, all about my fabulous self. Where to start? Um, I you give am... your bio better than I can. So go for it. <laughs> I am a family physician. I work at the University of California San Diego School of Medicine. Um, I'm a clinical professor, family medicine and public health. Um, I am the community director there, which means I'm in charge of a sixth of the medical school for their personal and professional well-being. I'm the co-medical director of the student-run free clinic, the UCSD student-run free clinic. I am the course director for a whole bunch of family medicine things. I've kind of dedicated my career so far to underserved medicine and uh, medical student education. And then, like, why am I on this podcast? What am I doing? (laughs) Um, A couple of years ago, I actually had a bicycle accident where I was in Tahiti and I was coming down a mountain on Mother's Day. I went over the handlebars. I smashed in my face. I smashed in my elbows. And I was kind of, you know, had to be brought back to the U.S. for surgery and was kind of immobile for a few months. I knew unable to move my arms and unable to eat, unable to talk, unable to care for myself. And so that's when I found podcasts for the very first time ever. So on PMG, they told me, um, that the life coach school was a good podcast to listen to. So I had my husband, cause again, I couldn't use my arms. I had him press, you know, the, the podcast button. I didn't even know there was a podcast app on my phone, but it, it was there. It was always there and put the podcast earbuds in my ear, the earbuds in my ears. And I just like laid there for months cause I couldn't really do much else and listened. And I kind of became transformed about how this whole mindset and coaching thing was like really where it's at. It helped me in that moment, stop saying things like, why to get on the bike? Why to get on the bike? Why to get on the bike? Because if I could just take back that one moment, just that one moment, I would have been normal again, you know? But now I see and accept that I was kind of, I can't argue with reality, right? If I argue with reality, I'm going to lose 100% of the time. I got on the bike. I broke my arms. And then what can I gain from that experience? And I've become a whole different person because of that experience, because I had the first time in my life to have three months to not do anything, to be still. I took one other three-month leave in my life that was with pregnancy, and it was not sitting still. 
it was like the hardest time of my life was um, during that time with my kind of colicky infant. But um, I had space and time to be slow and it made me see the contrast of how busy everyone else was and how they thought everything they were doing was so important. And, you know, they had to go pick up their kids. They had to take them to soccer. They had to do all their charts. They had to do all this. They had to, and I'm just like, did you wipe your butt today? Yeah, you got it pretty good. Did you shower yourself today? You got it pretty good. Like, cry me a river, you know? And so when I went back to work, everything was the same for them, but everything just was different for me. It didn't feel as stressful. Like, okay, so there's 25 patients and there was supposed to be 15, like whatever. You know, I mean, I was just happy that I was able to stand up and walk into the room and that I have the mental capacity still to take care of people. Like where we as physicians have a lot on our plate, but we also have a lot of power that we're not utilizing to make our lives better. And so I think in that moment, which was going to be two years ago soon, because it's almost Mother's Day, um, and I think it'll be after Mother's Day when this airs, that for the last two years, I've really kind of changed things. So now I um, not only went through coaching myself and really saw the value of it, I decided I loved it so much. Like I was telling all my friends and family and they all thought I was a little bit crazy that I liked this. And then I decided to do it. <laughs> I still decided to train in it. When I decided to train in it, I didn't tell anyone. I was like, I'm going to a conference, going to a meeting. And that was my life coach training, you know, but I did it on my time. Um, and then, you know, eventually and all us women physicians who were there in person at the life coach school who were training were like, have you told anyone? <laughs> like even people who weren't physicians, everyone's like, so who knows you're doing this? And it's so funny that it would like, it really felt like a secret. And then I had to go through my university to get permission. Like the head people at the university had to sign off that it's okay. Cause I'm not allowed to do other things as a UC employee. Like I can't work at Kaiser or Sharp or Scripps or whatever, unless they sign off. So I needed permission to, to do this. And um, and then I decided like, okay, well, if I'm really doing this, I have to be willing to talk about it. And so my husband, it was like, you know, you have to post on Facebook. And I was like, no, the deans are on Facebook, you know, no. And he's like, you have, if you're going to do this, you have to do it. So he was totally right. So I created a Facebook business page and I, um, I'm trying to think the next thing I did that, that put myself out there. Oh, I know. I started the podcast and my students are like, what's, what's your pseudonym on your podcast? I'm like, dude, it's Sonny Smith. That's my real name. There's no shame in what we're doing. And so I've kind of over the past year really come to terms with there is no shame in doing this. This is the most powerful thing. Why are we not all doing this? Why does everyone not have a coach? Basically, it's so helpful. It's so useful. And so that was a really long intro to who I am, but that's, I, I love it though, because it's so all encompassing <laughs> and it really shows your journey and it really shows that a really shitty situation of breaking your arms. It could have been career ending. I mean, you could yeah. have taken your long-term disability and been like, I'm done. Like I'm going to just yeah. do something else. But instead you, you kind of got out of that headspace. Mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. Yeah. You I love. Mean, I could have died. Like if I didn't have on my helmet, I could have died. And so I was just so grateful for another chance at life and thought, you know, if I get another chance at life, 
why don't I try and do it more on my terms? Because we all give so much of ourselves to our patients and our students and our, like everything I thought that was essential that I had to do, that was all just in my mind. I didn't have to, like I had to drive my kid to school. No, I didn't. You know why? Because when my arms were broken, we hired someone and they drove him. I had to write every single letter of recommendation because only I knew those students in the way that I knew them. You know what? Someone else wrote their letters and they all matched. And someone else hooded them. I couldn't even hood them at graduation. And like every single thing I had to do. So yeah, like you said, changing the mindset to like, I'm lucky I'm alive. I'm lucky I'm here on this earth. And this is the only life I get. It, my time is limited. And not the fact that like we all think, oh, we'll get some warning. You know, like, oh, I'm probably going to live to 80 and I'm going to get like a chronic disease and whatever. No, that could have been the end of me. Like very, very suddenly that could have been the end. And that's not the only time in my life it could have been the end of me very suddenly and unpredictably. And so I feel like I want to create things for myself and for other people, my friends, my colleagues, because all my best friends, we're all doing the same stuff, right? We're all actually family doctors for the underserved and we're all working our tails off. And like, we believe the light is at the end of the tunnel. Like we'll be happy when our kids go to college. We'll be happy when you know, something else happens, but it's never, I'm going to be happy now. It's always delaying gratification. And so I'm trying to really, it's hard, even for me, even as a coach, but still trying to work on now and being present now and creating things in my life now and helping other women physicians create things in their life now instead of waiting. Exactly. It's so mm -hmm. true. And we were talking before we jumped on the recording that we've been kind of like gravitating around each other, but we really hadn't connected. And I'm just so glad to have another physician life coach on here because like we were talking about, everybody needs a coach. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what state you're in. If you're completely crispy with burnout or you're laid up on your couch on maternity leave, like everybody needs a coach. And I'm just so glad to have other colleagues because, you know, my flair of coaching is different than your flair. Mm -hmm. And you serve people in a different way than I serve people. Mm -hmm. And there's room for everyone at mm -hmm. the table. Because mm -hmm. Absolutely. As you can tell, coaching has been transformational in your life. It's been super transformational in my life, and it will continue to be. And I think that's the important thing that everybody who's listening right now is to be like, hey, the coaching thing doesn't end like after you get training, kind of like medical school. Like you, it's, you are a perpetual learner, and you're perpetually being coached as well. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's really I, important. I believe like, because I know all these women physicians who are coaches now and like when I'm in the room with them or I talk with them, I just think there's such an energy and that whole belief that you are in charge of your life and you are creating your life. I feel like if we can bring that to medicine, mm -hmm. I really feel like we are uniquely positioned, all of us now in this space and time to change medicine. It does, I accept that it is the way it is, but I do not feel it has to be the way that it is. So I feel like it's up to us to start where we are, whatever practice you're in or whether you stepped out of practice for a while, like we are uniquely positioned to change this. It doesn't have to be this way. I saw something on Facebook the other day, which of course is where many women physicians hang out and get their information on posts from other women physicians. But it said what it was about the EHR because someone was, you know, struggling with too many charts in their EHR. And I'm like, join the club, mama, join the club. I like, I still, I spent all day yesterday trying to get all caught up. I got caught up with the CC charts, but the other charts, I still have like 30 something. So I'm working on it. But someone in there said, imagine if a judge 
was expected to be the stenographer. And I was like, what? That was like yesterday. I was like, this is everything. No one would ask a judge to be a stenographer. It doesn't make sense. So the fact that we have all accepted that we are the judge and the stenographer, it, it's just historic it, and we didn't realize the consequences of it. But I think it, when we see that we have power, we're uniquely valuable in medicine. We are the most valuable resource in medicine. Are the physicians, without the physicians, what is there? Yes, yeah. we need the whole supportive team and everything, but like we really have way more power, even in the smallest things. Like we can say, oh, I don't have to fill out that form or I don't have to do this. Or I, you know, there's just so much. So I believe very passionately that the way we show up, the attitude we show up with, what we're willing to tolerate, you know, they say you teach people how to treat you. And it's not like you're nasty about it. You're just saying like, oh, I'm so glad to be here. We create the culture where we are, right? So now I try and show up purposefully creating a positive empowered culture where I am and set limits and boundaries. And so like where people, even just yesterday at work, people were like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, like, I'm so excited for you, but no, <laughs> it's okay to have boundaries and okay to say no. There was a graduation speech um, a few years ago where the graduation speaker said, I'm, you know, want to thank the deans and I want to thank Dr. Smith for her leadership of yes. And he thought that was so nice and like went on and gave his, the rest of his speech. And I was listening in the audience and I was so overwhelmed and so burned out and had so much on my plate for all of those lovely, wonderful, amazing graduating students. Right. But so many of them had projects with me that needed to get wrapped up for them to get on that stage. And I just thought that's the problem is my leadership of yes. Like it, but it could be yes and, or yes with a limit or like, yes. And I can facilitate that. I can find you someone else delegating. So anyway, you talked about the coaching being helpful. I, I really believe that we can transform medicine and I might be a little crazy <laughs> or have very nope. big dreams. I'm right there like, with you. It has right to get bad to, to have enough. Um, drive to change. And now, here's, yeah, here's ahead. my recent analogy with my kids. So like we always talk about like being inside the box and getting outside the box, you know, the cliche. So my daughter got air quotes stuck in the laundry basket. Like oh. I'm stuck, mommy, I'm stuck. And, you know, <laughs> it went back to me and it really like kind of triggered me because I'm like, God, that's so much like our life. Like we get yeah. stuck in the laundry basket and like, oh, we can't get out. We just got to sit here and cry for our mommy. Mm -hmm. And I even wrote this down as you were, uh, I had written a post and I was talking about like, because I've gotten outside of the traditional medicine box, mm -hmm. I'm kind of seeing a whole new perspective. Just like you're saying, like, no, it didn't have to be like that. Like you mm -hmm. sleep until eight o'clock and still like feed your family. I was writing about some microaggressions like I've been getting since I've come out as a life coach about four years ago from my colleagues who are still like doing the grind and still sitting mm -hmm. in the laundry basket of stuck mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and crying about it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, Aaron, what are you doing now? You know, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. how are you staying relevant? Or, mm -hmm. oh, it must be nice, uh, you know, doing what you do. You know, all of those kind of things, because I just imagine them like being little toddlers stuck in the laundry basket, being pissed <laughs> off. And it was what I posted was like, yeah, it used to bother me. But now I just remind myself like those comments, that's from their own shitty lives. Mm 
and I don't have to absorb that anymore. Like I don't, that doesn't have to be. And I love that, you know, you bring the joy to your workplace, you know, and there's, and that's what I work with my clients about is like changing you doing what Mm -hmm. you can do and then evaluating the external and being like, okay, what can I do external? And then eventually getting to the point and to be like, okay, is this where it's at? Or is, do I no longer fit in this space? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's so true about having transformational healthcare and changing culture is like, you know, um, I've been really frustrated lately with the talk about, well, we shouldn't call it burnout. We should call it moral injury. Well, I feel mm-hmm. like part of burnout is you have to accept your shit, but then you also have to recognize the stuff that you can't take care of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so and we, we I love that so you talked many, about that. Yeah. We have so many options that we don't see as options. You see it as you have to work 40 hours a week, seeing patients plus another 20 doing the EHR. And that's like the average, right? Like at my institution, they had tracked and said that the average full-time person would do 20 hours of EHR logged in after. So like, you don't have to accept that that's the only way to do it because of course you're going to be burned out if you're working 60 hours. So there's just so many options that you have. And if you can step, if you have the opportunity to step away from it for a minute, or, you know, if you're burned out, the data shows that you're likely to go part-time. And of course, part-time in medicine is full-time everywhere else. (laughs) And fortunately, you know, we are six-figure income earners, no matter your specialty. There are mostly, I can't really think of anyone whose salary isn't six figures when they get out. So it gives us, that puts us all in the top 5%, if not most of us in the top 1% of income earners in the country. So in a way, it's like cry me a river because we have the finances, but it's miserable, right? Like we have, well, A, we have loans, and but once those get paid off, which they all eventually do, there's no amount of money that can compensate you for misery. Oh man, you're speaking my language. I've walked away from (laughs) two six-figure jobs now, like- (laughs) If we hit six, like hundred K this year, I will be doing <laughs> jacks and, and back handsprings, <laughs> but it's true because I remember when I was making the most money, that was the least amount of joy in my life. Yes. Yes. Money does not equal joy. And so most of society doesn't know that because most people don't earn six figures and they think if they did, they would be happy. And so we know as physicians that you can easily earn six figures and be really feeling like life isn't worth living and you can barely get out of your bed. But what it does give us, because we do have education and we do have options and we do have privilege is that we have choices. Everyone has choices, but we, we really can choose. Do you want to start half time? Do you want to work one or two days a week? And some people say, well, I can't because I have kids or I have a mortgage or I have this or I have that, but still, I mean, you could be wiped off the planet tomorrow, today and the world would go on. So it really, we have to think about being- I love that when I'm talking to potential people that want to come on as clients for coaching, they're like, well, the money, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Like we are not even getting into that conversation because (laughs) what would it be worth to you to get up every morning and say, I love my life and I love my job. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, the piddly amount that we charge for coaching mm-hmm. has no mm-hmm. comparison to that. But that is what we deliver to people. Mm-hmm. That's where we it's, help people get to. And I think that's powerful. Yeah. If you really believe in it, like like we do, like I do, it's just so genuine. I mean, I've paid more into coaching than probably any of my clients ever will. And it's the most valuable investment I've ever made in myself. And again, my husband at first was like, 
what the hell oh, are you the husband. They always have an opinion. <laughs> yeah. I get so many emails from my physician women who are like, well, my husband and I talked about the finances. <laughs> no, my answer to them, if they get on the phone with me or if I'm sassy enough that day, I'm like, whose fucking life is it? Who is the one that's getting up, busting her ass as a physician, taking care of the, who is it? Mm-hmm. You don't need anybody's position. Well, position. you know what? You're a grown ass woman. Yeah. Once. So there's so many things I have to say about this, of course, but, um, like my husband is, he's an engineer. He's very Excel sheet oriented. He literally knows where every penny I spend goes because he track, like there's just programs, they track it. And if he doesn't recognize it, he's like, what is this? And if it's of a certain amount, I would talk to him usually before, like I put down a thousand dollars on the life coach school training to become a life coach without telling them. Cause I'm like thousand dollars that's in the noise. But then I was like, yeah, we're going to have to talk about the rest of it. But, um, I would say um, what I've been able to do very recently is I was able to get CME so that people can feel that it's more standard. Like because physician wellness is, and, and also physician coaches. So I've been learning along the way, right? Like from people who um, have signed up with me as clients, they're like, oh, my CPA says this is tax deductible because it's a physician coach. And I'm like, oh, who knew? And so like, I feel like there's all these things now. It's like, okay, yes, you can choose to just invest in yourself because you want to. It's, there is nothing more important than investing in yourself and your well-being, in my opinion. And then there's your CPA may say that a physician coach is tax deductible. And many people that I've worked with have said that their CPA says that. And I don't advise them. It's whatever their CPA in their state. And they're, are they a 1099? Are they a W-2? Are they an S-corp? Are they an LLC? Whatever. And then, you know, putting it that physician wellness is also CME. And so you can even potentially have your employer cover for part of that or all of it. It's just there's so many options and it's all the way we look at it, right? And I think it's incredibly valuable. And the people I surround myself with think it's incredibly valuable. So I don't want this whole podcast to be like a sales pitch for coaching, but no, but I think <laughs> it's important that people it. hear that too, because probably when they go to my page and look at the prices or when they go to your pages and look at the prices, you know, that first gut reaction is like, whoa, you know? Yeah. Well, you know what though? Everyone's thoughts about money are so different. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know. And it has nothing to do with me what you think about my prices, right? Nothing to do with me. It's, it's all about where you're coming from. And so for instance, like I, you know, made this my dream. I just followed my dream because I believe in this, like she believed she could. So she did. So my dream, I was like the best time I had had in my life before my accident was when I was 40 years old and I turned 40 and I went to Bora Bora. And for me, it was like the first big expensive vacation I'd taken in my life. And the amount of money that I was spending, like taking a five figure vacation was something I would never, ever have done my, because I run a free clinic. So my patients, that's like their annual salary for their whole household, right? They're very, very underserved. So for me to go waste it on a vacation seemed well, not waste. I was going to say, spend it on a vacation. Limiting belief. Yeah. But I felt like, well, I only t- turned 40 once. So this was like going to be a really big deal. So when I trained to become a life coach, um, I decided when I was at the life coach school in Dallas, I was sitting in the hot tub with another person who was training to become a life coach. And she was talking about how she did retreats in Bora Bora. And I was like, what are you talking about? I had never connected the two worlds, like this amazing moment in my life where I was so happy. And I just couldn't believe this was my life when I was there in the overwater bungalows and just relaxing and having champagne and watching the sunsets, I was like, this is unreal. 
I cannot believe this is my life. I'm like the luckiest person on the entire planet. And then when I was at the life coach school and this girl was like, yeah, I run retreats there. I was like, what? This is a possibility? I am doing this. I was like, where, where in Bora Bora do you do that? She's like the four seasons. I'm like, get out of town because that's where I was. And I never thought, and so I was like, how do you do that? And she told me some of, you know, the information she had. So I was like, I'm doing that. I'm totally doing that. It was like meant to be. So we got, we were talking about money. So basically I was like, oh, how am I going to do this? Like people are going to think it's so expensive. It was the most expensive thing I ever did in my life. How am I possibly going to do this? And so, you know, I have to, it's a big expensive like bill. And I'm like, I have to, it's going to cost a lot of money for people, but I can't not break even. So I had to charge $6,000 per person. And I was like, people are going to freak. And some people did. Some people put like in all caps, like, holy swear word, that's swear word expensive. And I'm like, and my response is like, tell me I'm on the hook for it. Tell me it's expensive. I know it's expensive. You're on the hook for one room. I'm on the hook for a lot of rooms. So, but what is so interesting about my thoughts about how expensive it was, $6,000, like no one's going to want to pay. Most people who came bought two spots, $12,000. Really? <laughs> like I was so worried that six was going to be so far out for people. And most people paid 12 plus the ridiculous airfare, plus people wanted to stay extra. So again, it's all, and they aren't people who do expensive vacations. So, but they knew the worth. They knew yeah. the value you would deliver yeah. to them in that lovely place. Yeah. So anyway, so everything about, I, the more I know and the more I experience, the more I think all of life is what you think about it. Because now I feel like I have these like x-ray glasses or something, right? You look around at people talking about the world and saying things and I'm just looking at them. I'm like, that's just a thought. <laughs> Yeah. Why are you telling yourself that BS story? But I can't like say that to people if you're not coaching them. Like, why are you telling yourself that BS story? But it's just, it's so interesting to see how much of our life is how we create it. You know, yeah, it's I just the narrative that we live in, that we tell mm -hmm. ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, I do call people on their bullshit. Like, I'll be like, <laughs> nope, that's not the truth. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, it is like, once you start to get that awareness and the stories that people tell themselves, then you're like, wow, you're, you're really keeping yourself down. Mm -hmm. Like, why not? That's my favorite question. Why not? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because they're scared because, you know, that, but then they come up with a, why not? <laughs> so I mean, like, of course, people, the people that you want to coach the most would be like the people you're closest with, like a husband, a, a partner, a spouse, a, like a mother, a mother-in-law, but like, they're, they're not having that. <laughs> my kids are my best coaches. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> my kid is my best teacher for sure. And so I just think like, he's here to challenge me. I'm going to grow and learn. I'm going to become a better person. Like when he's having a fit on the ground and not doing what I want, I'm like, you're here to teach me that I'm not in control of anyone else. Right? Exactly. I'm, I'm in control of myself. Exactly. I control well, we I didn't even you. introduce your word, which I don't even care because we didn't even need to. We'll make up a new world to title this podcast, <laughs> but tell everybody since they've been hearing about you and your, um, Magnificent Retreat in Bora Bora. Where can they go and find more out about you and everything you're doing? Okay. Um, so I'm Empowering Women Physicians. That's the name of my company. So you can go to empoweringwomenphysicians.com and you can click on a bunch of stuff there. So like you can um, type in Bora Bora or sorry, 
empoweringwomenphysicians.com slash Borbora. You can do empoweringwomenphysicians.com slash CME. You can do, um, you, you know, you click on the coaching ones, whatever. That's, that's basically where they would find me. Oh, and they should go, they can go look for my podcast, of course, Empowering Women Physicians. <laughs> um, and yeah, there's, there's, those are the ways to work with me. I'll be offering in-person CME. Why would you not want to do CME in Bora Bora? Really, really. You could do it anywhere in the world. It's literally listed as the most beautiful place on the planet. Like, so, so you might as well go. And then I can offer it online as well. And I do coaching, um, mostly video coaching, but I can also do in-person and I do one-on-one and I've done some groups as well. And you're amazing. Thank you so much for coming on Dr. Reverse for for (laughs) us just like oogling in life coaching and just talking about how (laughs) phenomenal it is and everybody needs a coach. You need to open up your damn wallets and get the value out of it because we deliver and that seriously, I love having you in my tribe and (laughs) I will be spreading the news about everything. So we didn't do a word. Am I in trouble? Is my word going to do life coach then? (laughs) So much fun. And I so appreciate Dr. Smith coming on the podcast, sharing her heart and her joy about life coaching. And I am just so excited to lift her up as a fellow life coach. Guys, if you listen to my podcast and I am not your cup of tea, go check out Sunny. See if maybe she's the coach that you need in your life because I am all about getting everybody hooked in to the help and support that they need. There are so many of our colleagues who are starting to do this work to help other people because we ourselves have been transformed by it. So I encourage you, go check out our stuff. If you can, get to Bora Bora. It's going to be phenomenal. And I put all of the links in the show notes. All right, so getting into our kick of encouragement today, it's going to be all about laundry baskets. You may have heard me talk about that in the conversation, but I wanted to bring three really fun points that I generated when I started thinking about laundry baskets. So in the conversation, if you remember, I said, get out of the laundry basket of stuck. And I mentioned my daughter and the story with her. Let me tell you a few more stories and the points that I have with it. So right now it's summertime and we are going through a lot of laundry with Team Wiseman. It seems like everybody's getting naked and changing their clothes multiple times a day. I don't know if you can relate at your house, but I just feel like the laundry has been reproducing like crazy. So one thing I wanted to do around that is so many times I dread the laundry. I don't like putting it in the washer. I don't like moving it to the dryer. I least like sitting and folding six baskets of laundry for Team Wiseman. So I decided, hey, Erin did some self-coaching. You got to change your mindset around this. Laundry is something that happens in the house. It's not going to change. Everybody needs clean underwear. Let's put a positive spin on this. Let's change your mindset. So I started thinking about, hmm, how can I flip my mindset around all these laundry baskets? And so I set a rule with everybody and I said, hey, when the laundry baskets come in the living room and mommy's folding them, it's time that we watch mommy shows. That's right. We turn off Dora the Explorer, Peppa Pig, whatever show that we're watching them play some Nintendo game on. Sorry, Zebra Gamer, you're going up. It's mommy time. 
It's mommy show time. And you know what? Since I've been doing that, two things have happened. One, I've started looking forward to when all the laundry is time to fold it because then I know it's my dedicated time to do laundry and to watch the shows that I want to watch. And two, I'm starting to get help because people don't want to watch mommy shows, but they know until the laundry is done, they have no option. So there you go. Flip the mindset on laundry. That's point number one. Okay, point number two is I wanted to talk about being stuck in the laundry basket of stuck. You actually have three options. One, you can stay in it, sit and cry in that self-imposed jail of a laundry basket of stuck thinking about it in your life. It's totally true. I mean, I've done it. I've sat there and boohooed and been just like poor pitiful me in a situation that I absolutely could have moved away from. It was a self-imposed jail. So that's point number one on you have a choice. Point number two is you can transform your laundry basket. And I say this because my kids go on plane rides, roller coaster rides. They pretend that they're kayaking the river all from the humble laundry basket. If you're in the laundry basket, you can make the laundry basket into whatever you want it to be. And point number three is get out of the laundry basket. Just tip it over, jump out, walk out, roll out. That is always an option when you're feeling stuck. So the three things revolving around being stuck in a laundry basket, or it's my analogy for being stuck in life, you can sit and cry in it, you can transform it, or you can get out of it. And this is not just talking about professionally. I mean, it could be talking about your home, the location you live, a relationship, maybe community service or commitment that you're involved in, all of that comes down to these three points. You can stay stuck, you can transform where you're at, or you can get out of it. So there you go, point number two. And the third point about laundry baskets is one around my own laundry basket. So I've been focusing on having more positive mindset about doing the laundry. And you know what? Some of these laundry baskets I have had for at least a decade, and some of them even more than that. I was looking at my laundry baskets. I still think I have one that I had back in college in 2003. How it's still with me and it's still alive, I don't know. But I was looking at all my laundry baskets and some of them are just jank. I mean, they're cracked. There's pieces falling off of them. And here's here's my kick of encouragement and my last one for you is stop putting up with broke-ass laundry baskets. Stop putting up with broke-ass things in your life. It's time to upgrade. Not just because you deserve it, because you do deserve it, but it's time because you see that awareness. You know that things can be better. I can go to the store and spend $10 on a new laundry basket instead of dealing with one that's cracked and pinches my fingers every time I pick it up. So, time to upgrade. Be it your laundry baskets, be it your mindset, be it something in your life. I encourage you to do that. Well, I hope this kick of encouragement all about laundry baskets was as fun for you as it was for me. And just please, please remember, I'm here for you. Reach out for a discovery call if you're interested in talking with me more on how I transform my own life and how I can help transform yours. So remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Bye. Bye.